Hey, yo, yeah, you, what's up? How's it going? Good morning. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep, Spencer Israel. I have Joel here. I have Dennis here. Uh, you all know what the story of the day is. You don't need me to tell you. It is those three letters, C-P-I. We're going to get the March CPI reading in about a half hour, actually, a half hour from right about now. Uh, the question is, was inflation, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, was inflation above or below the consensus 8.4% estimate? That's what we'll find out. Uh, we will obviously talk overall market today. We'll talk about yesterday's uh, pretty, I, I don't want to call it significant, but it was a uh, it was a pretty solid sell-off there into the close that we are bouncing here in the in the uh, overnight session. So we'll talk overall market. We'll talk some individual stocks that have ratings to discuss, some interesting ratings today. But, of course, CPI is the theme of the day. It is your number one story. So let's get the show on the road. Blue Putnam is today's guest. Very excited. We, we always have Blue on when there's always big macro news. We had Blue on the day after the last FOMC meeting. We're going to have Blue on, uh, Blue on at 8.35. Uh, minutes after the CPI report to break down the number for us. Uh, he's a chief economist at the CME group. Uh, so looking forward to that. Here we go. Smash that like button. Let's get started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Mr. Elkanen, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I got to have that Spencer enthusiasm. That's I'd love to see it, Spencer. Uh, we're up four and a quarter. Uh, it's called four at uh, 44.13. Big sell off yesterday. Well off the pre-market low. And we've just been kind of inching up, making new pre-market highs. We know there's not much resistance on the upside the way we whooshed down yesterday. Uh, crude, that, that's bouncing too. That's up 421 at 98.50. Ooh, boy, look at this. How often do you see that many highs in the same area in crude? That is really an eye catcher here. Let's see. Nine, let's call it 98.60. That's your big number trading right there right now. Gold is in the green too. That formed a nice base. That's up 13 bucks at 1961.20. Silver's up 19 cents at 25.18. Bitcoin doing the 40,000K uh, little uh, strangle there, up 430 at 40,385. And Ethereum futures, they're up $32.50 at 37.50. Dennis, are you white? Where is Dennis? He is right there. He didn't let me in. I'm sitting here, but he didn't let me in yet. Spencer, are you white knuckled for the the, uh, CPI number? Pretty much. Yeah, as very, very white, as white as his shirt. I was gonna say that too. Look at this, not even a beer shirt. Got all dressed up. What is that? Is that just a regular old t shirt? Even buttons, it's even got buttons. Oh, it's got buttons. Wow, Walmart must have had a I got dressed up for the CPI. (laughs) All right, dress up the number. Yeah, so this is how you think this is how you know it's going to be a doozy, right? Is because even the White House 
out trying to get ahead of this thing. Because um, Jen Psaki yesterday said it's going to be an extraordinarily elevated uh, report. <laughs> so, you know, you, you know, they're praising for it. Um, what is, what, so what's the estimate? 8.4% on a year over year basis, 1.1% on a month over month basis. The 8.4% number uh, would be the highest since 1981. Uh, I do want to actually show and this. And that's their part. cooked number, which obviously I've tweeted out before. And Peter Schiff's done a nice job of outlining how many things are fake in there. And when Peter Schiff did it, it's actually running at 16%. But we'll, we'll take their cooked number at 8% and say that that's even high. So even if it was real and not cooked, it'd still be high. So Perhaps. inflation's just out of hand. Perhaps. And uh, Boris in the chat says uh, inflation, uh, you know, when expectations are high, becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, to some extent, that's part of the that's part of why inflation and deflation are so bad is because they become self-fulfilling prophecies to to some extent. And that's what makes them worse. Um, The other thing that uh, it's even a little bit more concerning is the disparity between the uh, the CPI and where rates are. So like in 81, right, whatever the CPI was eight, at least rates were what, three, four, five percent. Right now, (laughs) there's such a huge disparity. I mean, you know, so many standard deviations away is going to be very hard to come in. So it's to me, the that's reason, uh, too, yeah, like more this concerning. Is, this is the reason that it's tough to just go to cash. It's tough to just sit your assets in cash when you're losing that much to inflation. You've got to go into something. You go into bonds. I mean, we have not talked much about the bond market oh. this year, but it is an epic disaster. And I mean, this was predictable, too, because, you know, you're sitting there. And a lot of court, you know, a lot of bonds yielding one, two, three percent. I mean, we're in an inflationary environment. Who the hell wants to invest their money? You know, even some corporate bonds, four or five percent. I mean, you're just guaranteed losing to inflation. So it wasn't rocket science to say the bonds were going to have a very bad year. We've said on this show the TLT absolutely, you know, has been hammered since we've been talking bearish about this for a long time on this show. But this year, it's it's happened. The, the, the bigger question is, and, the, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, the banks really have not responded well to what you would think when you're going into a rising interest rate environment, the banks would be the place to hide. And it hasn't been the place to hide either. And that's recession concerns, because we know the banks will get hit big time if we do fall into a recession. So the bank stocks are telling us that the Fed is going to have a very difficult time navigating a soft landing. But lots to be determined. We're going to get more information in 23 minutes about this CPI. You can very much expect big movement in the banks, big movement in growth tech, big movement in the overall market. And I expect a chop fest. Well, the other thing, too, and this is like this is where you just you got to listen to pre-market prep and throw out the textbooks because, well, not that we have the answer, but like, look at this moving utilities, you know? I mean, that that is just, I mean, it's still going just to form a little bit of top, but that's just hungry for yield, right? Any kind of, you know, and the utilities are. It doesn't make so any low. sense at all. I know. It, it, it's not even hunger for yield. It's hunger for safety, Joel. There's no yield in that. The XLU is 2.65%. It's the absolutely dumbest place to be, in my opinion, longer term. But it's saying that this stock market, is in trouble and i want at least to know that i'm safe my money is safe 
your money is safe in utilities, but like I mean, these companies aren't going bankrupt. These companies aren't going to suffer, but you're not getting great yield in a rising interest rate environment. You know, the, the theory, and this is why I've sold all my utility stocks and sold them early because I sold them over a month ago. Um, you know, the theory is that in a rising interest rate environment, anything that's like a bond, which the utility stocks are a bond, should be getting hit. But it hasn't happened because you've got equity, you know, you have institutional money managers that got to be invested in stocks and they're nervous and they're hiding in consumer staples and they're hiding in utilities and they're hiding in the stuff. It's a very crowded trade. Um, I, I'm concerned. I would not be hiding in the stuff, but I mean, it's worked. It's been working. I just think it does it eventually is not going to work. I mean, yeah, you're, you're getting a hit on the, uh, you, you know, whatever the yield is, but look at something like, you know, Duke energy, you know, that's up over 10% on the year. They're hiding. I mean, this, is yeah. the, this is the, I'm scared of stocks trade, but I have to be in stocks. Yeah. So at least I'm in something. That's all this is. This is the, the, it would be the opposite effect. You know, really, I've always said TLT utilities are kind of linked. TLT has been going straight down. Utilities have not. That has broken apart. And that's the simple reason is that people want to be in stocks, but they want to be in safety stocks right now. That's why, you know, growth hasn't participated in stuff like this. And they think utilities, consumer staples, I'm going to be okay there. Walmart makes sense to me. Target makes sense to me. The Costco makes sense to me. The utilities does not. But I mean... I've been wrong on this trade because utility stocks continue to rise over the last month. I did not see that happening. And I have to do a better job of like actually bookmarking stuff or saving stuff when I see when I see it because I see some good stuff every day and I and but and and I it goes off into the ether and I lose it. But I saw I believe it on Twitter yesterday someone that I follow was tweeting about utility stocks, uh, and never it's never happened before where the amount of utility stocks. Are it was either like above their 50 day or making new 52 week highs, or it was like almost every utility stock out there was making new 52 week highs, or I forget the actual metric whether it was above the 50 day moving average or what. But the point was the entire sector is ripping, and it's never been this way before. It's never been as strong as it is right now. Very crowded. Yeah. It's it's fear. It's fear of. Oh, I found, I found it. I found it. Okay. More than half of utility stocks have hit a 52-week high, uh, have hit a 52-week high on an average day over the past 10 days. It's never happened before, at least since 1952. This is from Jason uh, Gofert on Twitter. So, Is there news on, uh, on um, AT&T? No, it's a huge buy imbalance, Joel. I'll tell you the news. Ooh. This is stands out like a sore thumb on a day that there's no imbalance. There's over really? a million to buy. Wow. There's over a million to buy here this morning. Good call on your part here, Joel. I didn't see that rally continuing this morning, and it did. And it is continuing here, and it is breaking out. And oh, I, guess... I hate this chart here. I hate that uh, TradeStation <laughs> hasn't adjusted this yet. Uh, That's yeah, me. it's a breakout right. on the chart. Like I'm looking at I an know. adjusted chart, and it has broken out from the 18 level and it's 19 and 20. Um, it's a million shares. It doesn't make sense to me either. I, well, I I've been having bearish the stock for a long time, so I'm just knocking. It's my long term thesis in it. Short term, who the hell knows? But long term, I just don't like the, the company. But we had this talk, conversation yesterday. But the reason AT&T is ripping this morning, people will go and find a fundamental reason. There's a million shares to buy right now, and that a million shares is an morning the opening of that's balance. huge that will get offset i i, I well it, well not necessarily at this time of day at eight o'clock in the morning usually the imbalances are nothing when they're showing a mill to go 
I mean, you can say, oh, it's only already traded 787,000 shares. What's a million on AT&T? But it's something. And at this time of day, that, you know, I was actually short. So I'll put it in this perspective. I was shorted overnight. I saw that imbalance pop up at 8 o'clock, and I covered it immediately. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, that's going to push the price. And I covered it. You know, the record date's coming it's up. up at 20 now. Well, the X, the X date is tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, there you go, too. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Are you There's sure? A... Are you sure? Or I thought the uh, I, thought, I, I think right that's check. really that's, that's really a dro- I dropped the ball on that because Verizon went. Oh, you're right because I had it written down. I forgot yeah, it's X dividend tomorrow. Four thirteen. Yeah, the record. We did. talk about this yeah. trade. Right, we now. talk about this trade all the time. That X dividend stocks that the AT and T and Verizon when they go X dividend, they're strong in the X dividend date and week afterwards. That is very typical of these stocks. So I'm not actually, it doesn't surprise me now that it's showing strength here for the next couple of days. Um, the textbook, which we've talked and we've given lectures on, that's always my example is AT&T, the stock that is strong ahead of its ex-dividend date and week after. So it's tomorrow the ex-dividend date? Tomorrow is the ex-dividend date. Yeah, so, it, you know what? so it's you'll just, probably see got, relative weakness starting tomorrow. It just got muddled, you know, with with the spinoff, right? And uh and everything, it just, it was confusing yesterday, and, uh, you know, so, I just think people are very confused, and they're still, I mean, because the yield is down. Yeah, very confusing. I just kind of, I just, I don't know, I just kind of been sticking with it. I don't, I don't know why, and just kind of been nibbling at it more, so finally getting the, it's hard to believe it's back over 20, but did you see the bottom Verizon put in it a couple weeks ago? Hard. We talked. We, no, we talked about this I on know. the show. Jeez. We pointed this out. It was it was crazy, and we even drew you even drew the line. I think, or maybe you didn't. Yeah. But look at that bottom. I didn't and need a line for that. 5081, 5081, 5080, 5080, 5081. I mean, right under fifty. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, that's a hard, hard bottom. You can play it long until it breaches. That it did not breach it, and now it's bouncing up against it. At Verizon is X dividend now. So that's yes. something to consider. But I mean, it's had a nice little bounce off of that. And people are like, oh, what's two bucks? I mean, on Verizon, it's a safety stock. You get two bucks in a couple of, you know, in, yeah. in a week. That's a damn good trade on Verizon. Yeah. And um, that's just like it going back to the Verizon chart. That's just like one institution, two institutions, five. Inst- they're just saying, I, I'm, I'm just buying here. Like whatever you could throw at me, I'm buying. And then it kind of, you know, then the algos kind of pick up on it. It was the same place at bottom. Look at that, late in late January. So now it's a little, you know, now it's had a big rally. Uh, but if, you know, Comcast, I mean, good old Comcast. Yeah, I still stick with them. That's on the verge of a breakout here. Uh, look at 48 and a quarter. All of these three. stocks are the yeah. same thing, though. They're all a little more conservative. Like in, a, in an environment that's a little bit scared of like, you know, PEs of 100. These stocks aren't that. These are value stocks. Are they value traps? That's still to be determined. I don't, you know, short term, these might be good trades because the market is still hiding. But long term, a lot of these stocks that we were mentioning this morning, I mean, the company, I don't, it's okay. It's, it's an under attack. Disruptive technology is no doubt attacking Comcast, no doubt attacking AT&T. So I'm not putting these in my long-term portfolio nope. for a 2.26% right. dividend. But are they trades? Joel, you make a good point. These look like Comcast, look like it's getting ready to break out. All right, Spencer, rain yeah, is it. Do you, do you want to quickly, uh, I, because because we mentioned it, do you want me to just mention some other stocks going ex-div tomorrow? Uh, sure. Aside from uh, AT&T. Let's see oh, what the charts look like. Walker goes ex-div tomorrow. Yes, is that a big dividend? Um, 
5.47. It's sizable. Yeah, Joel. It's actually uh, pretty good. Yeah, so you can see the data yesterday. Accenture, ACN, goes XDiv tomorrow. Can you show this? Show these. Show sure, this sure, sure. I got Did you, we try man. Teach, teaching I tools got there? you, man. I got you. Uh, let me pull my, my handy-dandy Benzinga Pro here. Let me actually start from scratch. So this is the Pro homepage. All I did here, I went to the calendars widget right there. Uh, it says earnings, right? This is earnings calendar. I don't want earnings, though. I want dividends. And I don't want today. I want tomorrow. Yeah. Boom. Now hit filters by X on the left. And then you yep. can just grab it. You know what I do? I go to the pro and then I hit hit the yield or hit the or just hit the dividend button. You can hit yield, but you can hit dividend. You can see which ones go the other way. Now you can see the big ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. then you go like boom, oh Abby, buck forty one. That's a nice yeah. dividend tomorrow. I own Abby long term. Accenture ninety seven cents. So you can just go through what the big ones, but you know, some of them obviously that you maybe want to capture, maybe want yeah. to try to capture. I mean, the AT and T isn't as nice as it used to be. It's only twenty seven cents now because they've cut it in half. But yeah, it used to be a really nice dividend. Yeah, there you go. go. I look at that every single day. Here you see Activision every single Blizzard, day. Activision Blizzards tomorrow. Accenture I mentioned. Uh, Avi uh, Dennis mentioned. Uh, so yeah, if you do dividend capture, this tool is invaluable to you. For sure. It, it's right there in the pro. It took me two clicks or three clicks, three clicks to get this information. And I, I, I mean, I've, I've told this story before. Uh, I mean, this has been going on for a long time. And when I was a uh, market maker at Aetna, Aetna used to have a huge dividend. And they also had the commission free trading back in the 90s. And there was this guy or this fund, and he would come in with like huge orders in uh in uh in Aetna and he would come in you know the stock would be down like a buck and a quarter with like four minutes to go and he'd come in with like 10 or 12 20 thousand shares like what am I gonna do with that you know I'm not I can't take the other side of that you know I'm not gonna go home short 10 and and then the next day would come in a little bit lower and he would like come in late in the day and I just could never I could never ever make money on the trade because he would just keep low balling it, low balling it, getting in for the dividend. And then he'd get the dividend and then, you know, it would go X. And then sometimes, you know, there's a, they go X, they come down and then they go, they rally too. That's rare, but we talk about the adjusted price, but that was one guy, man, I, or guy, girl, fun institution or whatever uh, that people have been doing that for a long, it takes some good money. I've done dividend capture for 20 years. I've done, I'm always, you know, and but, but it's different too. And what you got to consider if you're in a retail account, you got to consider too all your tax expensive. consequences yep. of it all. Like in a prop account, when you're just, it's just money and money's in, money's out, and you're 100% tax and everything, you don't have to think about all that stuff. So, I mean, but dividend capture has been a strategy employed by the pros forever, Joel. You're right. Like to the floor, to everything. And while dividend captures is buying the stock, taking it through the X. You get the dividend, then you try to get out of this of this trade, losing less than the dividend the next day. That's all it is, and I, it, and it, and more often than time, like nothing works one hundred percent of the time, but a lot of times it works. It's been a tougher dividend capture environment. Sometimes I've noticed lately, like that they are getting hit pretty hard. Maybe it's been crowded or something. That you know, you get a fifty cent dividend, and then it opens down seventy cents, and you eat twenty cents on it. And it's not like don't get caught bag holding on this. You can't like make on them all. I literally sell them at the open or you know in the pre market, no matter what. So if I'm going after a fifty cent dividend capture, it opens down a buck. I eat the fifty cent loss. I don't hold on to it because I know there's gonna be relative weakness after. 
So you don't want to get caught bag holding these things. But a lot of times they open stronger. Sometimes, you know, there's people that don't realize the next dividend, so their orders are holding Dennis, up. Just for, we have someone new in the chat. Just explain what, you know, the, the actual X, EX, what it will actually do to the price tomorrow. Yeah, so let's go to an example. Just take at and going X dividend tomorrow. I believe the dividend is, what, 27 cents now? Yes. So there, So what happens is if you hold it overnight, you hold it through today. You can't, after hours, you can't. You got to hold it right into past midnight. Once you go past midnight, now you're entitled to that dividend. So then the adjust, they'll adjust the closing price by the 27 cent X dividend date. But a lot of times people are like, oh, it comes down 1963, comes down 27 cents. They might buy 1940, 1950. Maybe they just wanted to get in a little bit cheaper. So that's who you're trying to sell to when you're capturing it. But the whole point of dividend capture is you buy it, you hold it through the into the X date, and then you try to get out of it on the X date. And just for an example, if AT&T, who knows where it's going to close today, but if it closed at 20 and all things equal, the adjusted, because we, we mentioned this all the time, the adjusted closing price tomorrow would be 1980. So that's that's what we mean by that. So yeah, don't make the mistake like, oh, if I hold it through the dividend, I I, I get a free dividend. Or it's not. No. It's not it's the price not free. theoretically is supposed to adjust down <laughs> right. by the amount of the dividend, but theoretically, stocks don't trade theoretically; they trade on supply and demand. And a lot of times, they don't open down enough. Sometimes they do. Yeah. Sometimes they open down more than enough, and then other times, you know, it, it doesn't work out. So. Uh, it's a law of large numbers. I mean, you know, I'm not picking on one stock or two stocks. Probably last year did dividend capture on probably an average of five to probably three or four stocks. Some some nights I have like 30 of them on if it's a really big dividend day. But probably like, I'm not joking, probably like a thousand stocks I did last year. Like a thousand. And if you go through like a thousand times, maybe more, it might have even been more than that. Because some days I'm like 20 or 30. Some days I'm none if there's no good ones. But some days I'm a couple. But say a thousand or two thousand times. Okay, well, if you're making, if you got a 52, 53% edge, you're going to lose on 950 of those and make on a thousand and fifty of them if you did 2,000. So you're going to make money. But if you just do one or do two or do three, well, you could just be have some bad luck and pick the wrong ones. So the bigger you get, the more it works. But what I will tell you in the last month, I can just see from my P&L, is dividend capture hasn't been working as well. So I back it off a little bit. And then it'll start working again. It gets crowded. It goes crowded, not crowded. I mean, trades, all strategies do that. They cycle. You know, they get crowded and they start, we're not working because too many people are doing it. Then it backs off. It's like the Kramer, you know, a stock mentioned on Mad Money. So, you know, if he mentions it, sometimes goes up. But it hasn't been doing that at all lately. Those Kramer picks have actually been going down when he's been, you know, featuring them on Mad Money. So, I mean, it's just crowded. So then it'll get uncrowded and then it'll start working again. There's all kinds of different strategies. Nothing works forever. And and I like what Boris said in the chat. No one's getting rich off this trade. But yeah, exactly. But, but I wanted to say that. Trade. It can be a good trade. And uh, you need low commissions. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's you need grind. low commissions. You need yeah. to be able to carry it. You need a big enough account, et all cetera, that. et cetera. It, it, it also ideal for prop. Yeah, and it's also, an ideal prop like, strategy. what's the stock doing, you know, going into it? Like, you can see with uh, Avi here, after the run, some people were a little bit, you know, like, just, they're saying, okay, you know, I'm, I might I might take some profit. It really depends on the, you know, that the character of the stock, what it's doing, you know, some people are, are planning this out the whole quarter. Yeah. Like, the, the, you yeah. know, they're charting it, and they're looking for it. But, uh, yeah. all right, this is... All right. Uh, 
Okay, 25 minutes in dividends. So quickly, we we have CPI in a five, but before we get to that, I do have some breaking news. And stop me if you've heard this before, but I am going off script here for a second. We have a bidder for Coles, according to Reuters. Again. The franchise group is is making a bid for Coles. Again, stop me if you've heard this before. There's some time pulls back the buy. That's <laughs> a nine billion dollar offer. Be willing to spend sixty nine dollars per share, uh, per Reuters. You got some smoke here. There's an awful lot of smoke here, but are there any flames? I don't know. It's the same thing again. I mean, I actually thought about this. I was like, if this gets back to fifty five, I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> fifty seven. Now you get the bid coming again. I mean, every time this thing pulls back. Then the rumors start again here. I think eventually somebody does buy. Coles is a cheap stock. I think eventually somebody does buy it. So Street ain't believing it. Fifties and people forget about it. It's been a buying opportunity. Lots Street of ain't be- in this What part. about that other group that's buying it at sixty-five and they can't even get it to sixty-five? I mean, yeah. these pops yeah. have been. Fa- no one believes this. Fifty-nine, ninety-five, sixty, and they're offering sixty-nine. This is who 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 broke who, what uh who broke that? But this is this is the uh, Reuters. Thing. It's Reuters. It's been okay. too many times where a deal hasn't materialized. So once bitten, twice shy, right? People are algos are buying off these things, and then it doesn't materialize and starts to leak, 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 and they're losing money. So I I think eventually there is going to be a, a bid here, though. I think eventually it's going to get taken out. It's been too much too much smoke. Yeah, that's what happened saying. to the original group? Why opinion. don't they just do the deal at sixty-five? I mean, what whatever happened to that? They're rejecting it, Joel. They did reject it. Okay. Joel, I why think why so. do a deal at sixty-five? And you can do a deal at yeah, sixty-nine or seventy. We got yeah. four minutes to the CPI. I got to like. Yeah. So what, what I'm going to do? What I'm going to do for CPI. What I'm going to do for CPI, everyone, is I'm going to turn on the Benzinga Pro Squawk, and I'm going to let Charles, because he's the pro, the the pro of pros. I'm going to let Charles squawk out the number for you as he gets it, because uh, he usually beats me anyway. Um, he beats so us all. I'm going to turn the squawk on. Not yet. I'm going to do it in like in like two minutes now, um, and then we'll have Charles squawk the number out. And uh, then we'll um, then after that we'll we'll digest it. We'll bring Blue Putnam on from CME Group to uh, give us his instant reaction. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be this is gonna be the the number of the day it could change the entire direction of the day. Obviously, we're up in this morning for now. But uh, I like what Dennis said earlier about just chop choppiness. Chop, oh yeah, uh, expect it, chop. Yeah, um, like like Joe. I think back to the the release of the minutes. Uh, last Wednesday, right? Was it Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday. And it was, it, it, it was, you, you, you faded, the, you had to fade the first move, fade the second move, and yeah. fade the third move too, because there was three reversals. Uh, so, <laughs> no doubt. It was just ridiculous. Very, very difficult here to try to understand what is, uh, wh- how the market will react to this. But the number is important. I, you know, this has superseded. In my in my view, superseded the jobs number as sort of the the most watched economic indicator out there right now. It's not every day inflation gets to a forty year high, uh, yep. where we are right now. Uh, so as I said, eight point four percent is your consensus year over year estimate. Uh, I think it's going to be light. That, I, I just got a feeling. That I, got a feeling I, I don't know, and I'm not trading them. it. It's just like. 
what would screw most market participants right now? Probably if it's light. A light number. A rally. I don't know if you're going to get it, but now you you had the big down day yesterday. You're way off the pre-market low. People are like, did I miss the dip? I should have bought yesterday. You know? So now that, you know, that mentality, when you're that, we're we're 40 handles off the pre-market low. And there's not much here in resistance here. Uh, We'll, um, We'll see. I don't know. Um, I, I don't. Think, I don't think anyone's crying that they missed the low. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'm just saying. No, the buy the dip meant. I mean, oh, I'm afraid of the CPI number. You know, whatever. I mean, that's. It, it's so hard. Uh, you know, to gauge things like that. But um, I got a uh, Dennis. I got J.P. Morgan. I got Bank of America. I'm going to throw Wells Fargo. Um, and the growth tech, I'll just go Kathy, right? I mean, yeah, yeah throw Kathy up there. Yeah, it's better, better representation. She's going to be on CNBC after four o'clock. We got really that interview. Yeah, they got the big Kathy went on there after four. That. Um, all right, you know what? It's eight twenty nine. I'm going. I'm going to be back. On, let's turn I'm on. Going my to hide. Benzinger. I'm going to turn on my Benzinger Pro Squawk. Nice. And and we've got that turned on right now. If you have the Pro Squawk turned on on your end, may, maybe uh. Turn turn it off for the next. Yeah, like in though. your radio. If you're in your car, yeah, that's yep. what. Whenever I call the radio stations, that's what they do. They're like, turn. You do the not radio. call. You, you do not call the radio station. You know I do, Spencer. Yeah, I, I know you do. I know you do. Yeah, <laughs> you know that guy Valente. You know he he's a big he's a big Michigan State guy, but yeah. he loves the ponies. He uh, loves the ponies. Right. Yeah, yeah, loves the ponies. So all right. Uh, so does Rome. Got a good Jim Rome story for you. All right, okay, we'll, we'll save that for after the number here. So again, eight point four percent on the year over year, one point one percent on the month over month. Those are your consensus. The UK Duke Energy's first solar plant in yeah. Surrey County, North Carolina, goes online. Delta Uniform Kilo, DUK. Duke Energy, Charles. We don't care about Duke Energy. Right? Duke is Duke. We need to know. We need to know about about inflation. No, oh, it's soft. It's light. It's light. March consumer price index. Here we go. Flight. Plus 1.2%. Okay, month over month. So a little bit higher on the month over month. And the year over year. Charlie? That's in line with estimate. Yeah. Yeah. The core CPI coming in at plus 0.3%. Versus plus 0.5 percent okay. expected. Core's light. Yep. Core's light. Interesting. Yeah. The uh, the year over year number 8.5 percent. So more or less in line. More or less in line. Huh. Yep. 8.5 percent on the year over year print. Uh, what do you say? 1.2 percent on the on the month over month. Print? LAX uh, shares resume trading now. Right, I'm going to turn that off. All right. There All right. you go. What inflicts the most pain on people? That's you a said rally. It. You exactly. Said it. There you go. Up 29 handles, way off the pre-market low here. Uh, but you saw it move. I mean, you saw the one-minute chart here. Uh, the high is 38.75. Now, I'm looking at the stocks here, and the banks are crickets, right? This is not great for banks. I don't see J- – let's see. Let's look at J.P. Morgan here. I guess for your bank participants, you wanted to see a hot number. Uh, not really a hot number. Let me uh, let me go to the uh, to the pre market chart. And these things just can't just can't catch a bid here. Wow, no trading in pre. Let's go Bank of America. That's a little bit more active here. Ah, uh, no man, they are just 
went down just a little bit. They man, these banks. I mean, the the only reason they would go up, uh, like the J.P. Morgan and stuff, would be because they're a component of the index, right? And you know, the indexers kind of have to scoop it up. Uh, we talked about what's Kathy doing, you know. This is this is good. This is good. This is a light number. So Kathy got a pop, got to 61. Uh, can't look at that within yesterday's range. Not really backing off. We just hit 38.75. I just there's nothing in here, folks. There's nothing, and everyone knows where the resistance is on the upside. Uh, what else? Uh, now, now JP Morgan's down. Yeah, they don't like that. Uh, give me some other growth stocks, Spencer. Who uh, who do we like? We did Kathy. Oh, for, for yeah, for growth, I I use Kathy and I use Square and I use crypto as like my big proxies right now. So, um, and I have Tesla is also. Uh, and, and by the way, I wouldn't call this a light number. I mean, eight point five percent. you know. Is is st- we're still at a forty year high? Just to put things in perspective here, this yeah. Is- but everyone was like, "Oh, oh it's going to be it's going to be eleven point two. And who's you're that? right? You're right. And you're who's right. this girl from the White House? Like, Joel, what Joel. is she doing? Joel, she's the White House press secretary. Come oh, on, she just threw us a curveball. I'm going to fade her next time. Oh, you'd be ready for a bad number. She probably doesn't even know All what right. she's talking the, about. The number was more or less in line with in line. Um, right. But but it's still a big number. Let's be honest. 8.5%. Even if you don't but even if you do believe the number is is 100 percent true, 8.5% is still a 40-year high. I, I, this chart on the screen shows what I'm talking about. Let's look, we haven't been this high since 81. Okay. So yes, was it in line? Yeah. Is that better than is eight percent better than ten percent? Yeah. <laughs> We're ripping. Look at this. There, this is a rip your face off rally. We're coming back to the low from last. Oh, right here. Four. I was I didn't even think to say we're going to go to 44.45. That's the number, man. That is the number from last week. If I had not been a chicken and bought this thing, I'd be looking for that. 44.45, I'd be calling it a day. That was a double bottom from last week. We'll see what happens. We just ticked 44. Buyers are still strong. JP Morgan in the red, 43 cents. Bank America, Kathy Strong up a yeah, buck, buck 64. Everything growth from skills to Airbnb to Kathy, crypto, semis, right? Everything uh, just sort of rip, everything growth ripping here in the last couple of minutes. Uh, across Twilio, right? Everything Twilio. Growth. Good, everything, good, everything, good, good. Everything growth moving here. Uh, just off this report, moving shop. to the outside, I should what say. What about your shop? Shop, well, how was shop? yeah, shop. You're before. killing it, Spencer. Spencer buys it, it go, it, it splits the stock, and then all of a sudden, growth is back in vogue. All of a sudden, what are you gonna do? Uh, let's let's get a, a professional economist's take on this. Uh, Blue Putnam, the uh, chief economist at the CME group, I'm sure. I'm sure he has thoughts. We've given him a whopping five minutes to digest this information. So uh, I'm expecting uh, only the most refined takes from Blue, as always. Let's bring him on right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mr. Putnam, how are we doing today? First We're of all, doing very well, thank you. Blue, did they? Did you get to pick that song out? You know, like the basketball players and all the. <laughs> no, superstars? I did not get. I did not get to pick it. <laughs> if you picked a song, what would it be? Uh oh, I wasn't ready for that question. <laughs> I'll get back to you. Right. Okay, Blue. Blue, right. Blue, what 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 is your initial take here on the on the headline number? Well, you know, it's it's comforting for the number to come in pretty much what we thought. Uh, you know, one-tenth either way makes absolutely no difference. Economists aren't remotely that good. Yep. Uh, but, you know, there was a, you know, there were plenty of people worried about a much larger number. And uh, so so there's some comfort that that did not happen. Uh, so, we're you know, we're, uh, we're kind of settling into a pattern here. We're starting to understand it. That that's a. Uh, that's, so that's giving the market some confidence. I don't think going into today's report, anybody was saying that this is going to be the peak. Is is that right? No, there were a couple of people that, well, they, you know, they hedged their bets, but they're saying that uh, this or the next month or, you know, sometime soon. And then they, then they say, well, it'll be lower in the second half, you know. We are, we're a little fuzzy on the exact peak, but they think it's close. Right. Right. Okay. So, um, more the economists more mostly got it right. The number was not as bad as some were expecting. What's the what's the next play here? Because of course, what we're really talking about is not so much uh, how bad inflation is, but how the Fed will react to how bad inflation is. So, what's what's the next play here from the Fed? Well, you know, this is. Uh something the Fed has learned to <laughs> to work with. So, you know, they, they've told us they're going to raise rates a lot several times this year. Uh, they've provided some forward guidance that maybe they'll do 50 basis points at the next meeting. That's May 4th. Uh, they've already, in the minutes that we got from the last meeting, they told us they're going to shrink their balance sheet at a trillion dollars a year. By the way, that's quite a lot. Um, so we have seen a pretty big move in the 10-year uh, Treasury note yield, which, by the way, on this number backed off a little. It was about 2.77 uh, yield before the number, and it's you know like 2.71 or 2.72, so you know not a big move or anything. But uh, we have had big moves in the 10-year over the last three or four months as the Fed's signal the uh, shrinkage of the balance sheet. So you know the Fed's, uh, you know, this is what they've told us they're going to do about it. They're going to raise rates and shrink the balance sheet. So the important thing here is this number, in your view, doesn't actually change anything. It changes absolutely nothing. And then that's the thing that's important um, is that it does give you more confidence that you kind of understood what's happening now. Uh, that's where surprises keep you, uh, you know, on edge for every future number. Yep. Uh, 
you know, we, but your point, Spencer, you know, that we're at a very elevated number. We're, we're where we were back in, you know, the early 1980, 81, 82. This is really, a, you know, this is a pretty serious situation. Yep. Uh, at the same time, we have a very robust labor market. We're creating a lot of jobs. There's still a lot, you know, there's tremendous number, I think 11 million job openings, more job openings than unemployed. I mean, it's, so it's, uh, we're in a, we're in a very, uh, good place on the, on the job market. And, uh, you know, some of the signs on inflation for the second half of the year starting to look slightly more positive. So, so you're not in like you're running into the recession camp then. I mean, I mean, we're looking at these banks and these banks are just screaming, uh, recession at us with not you know uh just where they're at not not reacting to this positive so so because i i mean i i do the eyeball test i look around i mean i don't know am i i missing something i mean what about everyone's so afraid of them raising too fast in the recession so you're gonna put that off the table for a little bit longer huh well you know i don't worry much about how fast they raise particularly when they're telegraphing it so clearly uh, what I worry about and what I think about is, you know, where's the peak rate? Where are they going? And and again, the Fed's been relatively clear uh, that they would like to get to something like a neutral policy and take a break and see where we are. Okay, so what's neutral? We don't exactly know. But if you look at the federal funds futures market, it's telling you that the Fed would like to get to about 3%, the three to three and a quarter, and then uh, and then we'll take a break. Uh, and again, the Fed funds futures market, which, by the way, can can be quite wrong, but it's it's telling you what the market's thinking today. Yeah. Uh, is that you know we get to that by uh, by summer of next year, so pretty fast actually. I I I'm holding on to what you just said before, which is that the fact that the number was in line with estimates gives us confidence that we know what's going on, because the only thing worse than um, you know, um, it, what would make things worse is is not knowing what's going on, right? Not having any confidence in 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 the predictions and the estimates or in the numbers themselves, for that matter. So this gives you confidence that we do have a grip on what is happening here, which which I think means a lot. So I, I'm going to hold on to that thought here. Yeah, just it's re- not a tight grip, though. We just have a grip. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm, hey, I'm trying to. I'm. I'm trying to be positive here. <laughs> um, you know, we know that rents are rising, so the yeah. core rate's going to pick up a little bit. Uh, we know that companies are starting to get make a little progress on producing more goods. We know that gasoline prices uh, at the pump have dropped just a teeny little bit. Uh, so you know, we, we're we're feeling like we're getting a handle on this. So, so it's a loose grip. Uh, speaking of gasoline prices, no surprise to see gasoline as the leading cause of inflation. On a year-over-year basis, gasoline prices up 48%. Used car prices up 35%. Gas utilities up 21%. Meat, fish, and eggs up 13% year-over-year. Uh, new cars up 12.5%. So, uh, again, th- these are all things that we know we've experienced in our in our day-to-day lives. Not a not, not a real surprise there, uh, but as you mentioned, Blue, the month-over-month change uh, is does paint a little bit of a better picture on some of those numbers, which which is good. Uh, I do want to share this chart that you were kind of well. You actually sent us a few charts, but this one in particular I thought was interesting. This is the uh, U.S. Uh, uh, core inflation compared to the Fed's target rate. Now, I had thought that they had thrown out 
the 2% target rate indefinitely? I don't think so. Um, okay. They have uh, changed how they interpret it. Uh, <clears throat> you know, last year they were thinking, well, you know, it's an average rate over a period of time. Anytime you talk about averages, that allows you to overshoot a little bit. But they weren't, uh, you know, the, nobody, they weren't thinking about overshooting this much. We're clearly in a different place. And, of course, that's why the Federal Reserve has, um, you know, told us they're going to be, they've started their tightening. And they're they're going to raise rates some more, you know, they're going to shrink the balance sheet. So this is what's driving it. Yeah. Uh, Blue, I got a question for you. Uh, these fat heads, you know, they come out and say things like Brainerd. We got Brainerd the other day. And um, who's the guy that always comes out super hawkish? Uh, do you, I mean, do you, do, do you have one that you kind of, is it all just hogwash to you? Or do you pay the attention to them? Or how did, how, I mean, I know you do your homework and, and everything. What, what about these fat heads running off at the mouth all the time? Any comments on that and any favorites? Well, you know, there's 17 people on the FOMC when it's totally filled up. Uh, and even though uh, only uh, some of the regional uh, bank presidents get to vote at any one time, they're all in the meeting. They all get a chance to talk. It's a very consensus organization. So I do not listen to any one person except uh, Jay Powell because he speaks for the consensus. Um, but I do listen to all of them to just kind of get a, you know, what's the average? Are there any outliers? What are they? But for me, it's also more about understanding what are the issues they're debating in those meetings? Uh, because if you do have one or two people that are outliers, they're going to tilt the conversation a little bit and enforce that debate. But again, it's a pretty big committee. Uh, and of course, they have their staff in the room most of the time. Uh, <laughs> so it's a. Uh, it's a consensus that emerges. Uh, th there's another chart that you were kind enough to share that I want to bring up right now. Just yeah. it, it outlines the Taylor rule. First, can you explain what the Taylor rule is for people that <laughs> are unfamiliar? Well, back in 1993, Professor John Taylor uh, wrote a paper in which he said that, you know, if you want to you know, look at what the Fed might do, you should uh, think about what they're supposed to do. And they're supposed to uh, encourage full employment and price stability. So he developed a very simple rule that when the inflation rate is above the Fed's target, you give that 50% weight. And when the unemployment rate is below what you think kind of the longer run, what they call Nehru, it's the non-inflation in uh, employment rate. When the, when the unemployment rate gets much lower than that, then that's a, gets another 50% rate weight on uh, raising rates. So it's a trade-off uh, between inflation and unemployment. When unemployment is well below typical, which it is now, and when inflation is well above target, which it is now, both of them are signaling uh, higher rates according to the Taylor rule. The Fed does not follow the Taylor rule. The Fed is data dependent. The Fed makes a committee decision, you know, and the Fed doesn't follow any simple rule, but it does look at things like the Taylor rule, as many of us do. It's a very important indicator. 
Blue, what about the disparity between like when it when inflation was this high before back in the eighties? At least you had a corresponding, you know, interest rate. Let's say it was four percent, uh, you know, an eight percent. Now, I mean, what do you what do you make of the disparity now? You know, with rates and just you know just a couple couple points and inflation up in t- ten and twelve. Do you think you know is there going to be a meeting in the middle here, or you know? Inflation coming down, rocket rates. What, what do you make about that disparity? Something we've never seen before. Well, long-term inflation expectations are very sluggish to adjust to any surprises or new information. So in the 1980s, we were coming off 10, 12% inflation, and very few people thought it would come down as fast as it did. So the inflation expectations tended to linger well above what we were seeing in the data. And they, they didn't really catch up with each other till around the mid-90s. Uh, inflation, you know, kind of stabilized in the 3% territory, 2 to 3%. <clears throat> and you got uh, people finally saying, okay, that's where we're going to be for a while. So the 80s were, it took a decade to get inflation expectations down from where they were. So that's uh, we're seeing that now in reverse. We have higher inflation, but the uh, the inflation expectations, if I can use the language of the Federal Reserve, are still fairly well anchored at a low level because people say, wait a minute, we, we've just had a, you know, three or four months, a year's worth of data. There's lots going on in supply chains. I, you know, I'm going to wait and see. So, you know, that's probably pretty smart. Okay, Blue, before we let you go, I got one more thing for you to contemplate over the week, okay? Because they didn't consult me on the song, okay? I'm going to give you three choices. Blue Suede Shoes by Elvis Presley. (laughs) Blue Collar Man by Styx. Or Song Song Blue by Neil Diamond. I'm going with Elvis Presley. Okay, all right. Roll. (laughs) Okay, I'll I'll get based on that. Wait a minute. All right, wait. I have my uh, Blue Suede Shoes on. (laughs) <laughs> wait, wait, Blue, before we actually let you go, though, what is the next number on your radar here or next data point? Oh, uh, the next data point that's really important is, you know, is the employment data. Okay. Uh, we will get the um, uh, the PCE core inflation data at the end of the month, but we now kind of know what it's going to look like. So we're not worried about that. Okay. Uh, but every month's employment data remains absolutely critical. And, that, and that's what, you know, the Taylor rule tells you. You got to watch inflation and unemployment during these kind of periods. Got it. Uh, Blue Putnam is a managing director and the chief economist at the CME Group. If you want to get more of Blue's insights, read more, uh, see more from Blue, there are there's a link that is in the chat and on the screen and in the description. You can even scan that. See that QR code in the bottom right? Just scan that QR code. That will take you to Blue's homepage on the CME website and uh, where, where his insights uh, live. Uh, Blue, it is always a pleasure to chat with you. We, we will have you back on um, in the near future, the next time we have a big economic event. To help Let me slip that. one more thing in. I don't know if I asked you this before, Blue. Is uh, Leo Malamud still around? He certainly is. In fact, Leo will be in town on uh, May 16th for the CME MSRI, Mathematical Science Research Can you see if can, I, I've emailed him. I've emailed him. He, he hasn't responded. I'd love to get him on the show. He's the father of financial futures. Could you use some of your 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 pull there at the Merck and see if you can get him oh, on? Yeah, my pull. You're not going to get too far, but uh... 
right. Thanks, Blue. Doing quite well. Thanks a lot, Blue. Always a pleasure. All right. We're, we are still ripping here. I hope Triple D is, uh, oh, there he is. Yeah, are you doing I okay? You, did you, I was listening in the background doing a little Are you doing okay? Uh, straight up. Chop was not there. There was no chop. <laughs> this just lifted, 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 lifted. So punish the max amount of participants for the people who were expecting chop. <laughs> <laughs> like you sell that initial rip and it's like, hey, it's going to come down. Oh, no, it's not. Uh, it's going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. So we're in this market environment where we, uh, we're, we're not choppy for whatever reason. I thought it would chop around, but they're just running everything. And I mean, everything living in harmony here, Joel. I mean, we got growth up. We got banks up. Hell, even some of the utility stocks are going up a little bit here, which you would think that they would go down on this. But I mean, this is an everything rally. Obviously, high growth is, you know, with a number not being worse than expected. The, the growth names are the ones that are really ripping. So think your Kathy Woodstocks. ARKK is up 3.5% here this morning. Just go through all those names like the Teladocs and the Zooms. Zoom. Um, and, you know, and even the mega caps. It's, it's literally NASDAQ is leading the charge. But there's a lot of value names that are participating, which is interesting in itself as well. So it's an everything rally this morning because the number was not as hot as a lot of people thought it might be. This chart to me is actually is the real story here. It's nothing to do with markets, but it's from Charlie Bellello, who's a great follower on Twitter. He is good. Wage growth has been rising, but has not been rising to keep up with inflation now for 12 months in a row. That to me is the story. Because if prices are rising, but wages rising, but wages are rising more, then like then that obviously minimizes the effect of inflation. But when wages aren't keeping pace and they are not. That is how you get true economic destruction. That is what's happened for 12 months in a row. So shout out to Charlie Bellello with this great chart here. Um, and that to me is, is that's that's the real story here, right? Is that and you know what else is rallying here? You talk about everyone. Look at gold rallying. Gold uh, rallying interesting too. too. The commodities are trading up. I mean, it is truly an everything rally here. I'm looking across my screen and I'm struggling. And I mean struggling big time to find Cisco. stocks that are trading Cisco. down. But we got news on Cisco. Oh yeah, what's well, yeah? But you can't. That doesn't. You can't just go sell this downgrade to sell. That stock's trading down. I mean, obviously, you're not you're not minimizing a downgrade to sell. But if you're just taking a stock's absence of news, I mean, you got airlines up. <laughs> you know, on a day that oil is ripping, the airlines are all ripping too because of this number. So I mean, and the number wasn't even. It wasn't even like this was like, oh, inflation is gone. It's just no. like it wasn't as bad as some people feared. It, it, silver lining. It wasn't. It again. wasn't through the roof. Yeah, silver lining market again. I mean, holy! But I don't know. Do you come in and fade it here? Get your head ripped off? I anything near spy four fifty is a sell. So you're halfway there, and I don't think you're getting there today. But this market's stupid, and who the hell knows? But I would initiate shorts if we got up near the spy four fifty area. Well, we're over last week's low, number one, and then number two. Just I never. I mean, I put this number on my sheet. I never thought we would get there, but uh, you know, your Sunday night high was your Sunday night high, right? I mean, that was uh, eight points over the close, but your inner day high from yesterday. Right, we're right here, right now. Fifty nine fifty was your inner day high. We had a ninety point sell off, and we're right back at the inner day high from yesterday. I mean, I I've looked at some potential areas to short here, but 
I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's a reset. It's like yesterday never happened. We're right it, back at the end of day high. For it's yesterday. the market of short-termism. The algos are all short-term. Everybody is short-term. They're looking, and they're not looking out. This market, I've said it before, it doesn't price out six months. It doesn't price out six days. It prices what's right in front of it. It's just very, you know, it's just, it's very short-term. It's as short-term as a market. It's been that way for a long time. Today, we had a lot of expectations that this number was going to be really, really hot. And it's not that hot. It's hot, like, compared to where we were. But from expe- where the expectations were, there were people that were saying this was going to be really bad. The, the only reason I thought it, could, it was going to be hot was because the White House said so. And it, well, yeah. I, so, I assume and, the White House. And it is hot. You put it in perspective. This is a hot number. You know, from where we were, here we are, we're praising 8% inflation. I know. I mean, what have we come to? What does it come to? What is it? Come what have to? we come to? But in, regardless, you can't argue with the price action here. It's not even like I see leakage happening. I just see nonstop buying for 25 minutes straight. So every short is getting squeezed once again. Don't think this market's been easy on the shorts. It has not been easy. Right. You're coming here thinking, you know, I'm going to short, make some money. You're getting your ass handed to you today. So, I mean, this is a tough market to trade and a tough market to predict. But just remember, it's very short-term thinking. So, if you're sitting there and you were, like, looking at your portfolio yesterday and throwing up, this is an opportunity to lighten up. If you were sitting there yesterday and you have too much cash, then, like, I'm not chasing. Again, name of the game is buy the dip, not buy the rip. If you were buying stocks, you need to be doing yesterday, not on a 50-point rip on a number that isn't even, you know, but... Are we going to have the chance to continue here? It's a short-term market. Is there more information coming out today on economic data? Probably not. So right now the market's thinking, ah, it's not that bad. We can take this 8% inflation. Yeah, yeah some fat head will come out and say something or whatever. And, you know, that. but uh, you're just in an area, a very thin area here. I mean, you've already exceeded your average daily range and there's, there's just not much up here. That's what else can I say? I mean, we just floated up. We talked about uh, punishing market participants, and this one punishes the, the most. Yep, this one You're does. Absolutely correct, Joel. So, what do we got? What do okay, we got? Do we so want to do we, some yeah, ratings? Yes, we, we were going to talk ratings. Yeah, I do want to do that. We have some uh, interesting analyst commentary this morning. This one uh, is not a ratings change, but it is analyst speculation on Apple. It's from Citigroup. Uh, I'm going to read you directly from their note this morning here. Um, In April 2022, we also expect Apple to announce an incremental stock buyback of $80 to $90 billion after deploying $81 billion in the last 12 months. We also expect the company to raise its dividend by 5 to 10%. This is from Citigroup. Pure analyst speculation. The market not buying it yet. What? Morning. Um, oh wait! Well, no. Hey, that's, what are they they're buying everything? This well, yeah. that's what, no, they no. were buying it before the CPI no, number. No. Now they're buying everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. I don't know. What do you? I. I mean, good. More power to them if they predicted that. I. I have no idea. Uh, One sixty nine. Not much. Got a little gap to fill here on Apple. One sixty nine twenty fills your gap from yesterday. Next daily high, 171.78. I have absolutely no idea how they come up with that calculations. I don't know. Uh, another of other interesting analyst um, notes out today, you have an upgrade from Goldman Sachs on CrowdStrike, CRWD to buy, yeah. giving it a price target of 285. That's probably your most notable upgrade of the day, I think. 
Out of all the gross stuff that has just been murdered, this has not. This has held up very well. Cybersecurity story is so hot that it can keep these stocks elevated here. Goldman jumping on the bandwagon here. I mean, it's not surprising. It's up 12 points. You got, you know, the market rallying. You got a Goldman upgrade to buy. And this story, people like the cybersecurity story here. So I don't know if I'm coming in chasing up 12 bucks, but on pullbacks here, this stock has worked. And uh, once again, trading 229 on the Goldman Goose up 1240. I mean, this is uh, this is just short term. This is not uh, old time high territory. Uh, but just folks, keep an eye on here if you're trading this 232, uh, three highs in a row: 3150, 3235, and 3286. So if you're looking, you know, for a shorter term target, boom, that's what I would look at for CrowdStrike. Um, Citigroup downgrading uh, Cisco today to sell. That's probably your big downgrade of the day as well. Um, Stocks making new lows. You got to go. This is a tough chart. I mean, is it a value stock? Is it got a good dividend? It does have all those things. I think it actually gets interesting at 50 from a value perspective. But again, the stock is breaking down to a new, you know, year, a new 2022 low. I don't buy stocks making new lows. I, I've had this for a long time, so I'm not doing anything with it, especially based on this. I can't remember, maybe 16 or 17, 18. I don't even know when I had this thing from. So uh, you did get a bounce off the pre-market low. Uh, pre-market low comes in at 51.30. Uh, you got a ways to go to get. Uh, if, you, if you do get a rally up to 52.79, that would be another buck. Doesn't seem like you're going to do it today. That would fill the gap, but maybe a couple days after the dust settles. Like I didn't want, I didn't know what RAD did, but look at that thing. Look at that. I know Dennis, you're still bearish. It you still think it's going to zero, but Deutsche Bank. <laughs> what stock? Uh, right. RAD. You know oh, these yeah. analyst ratings. You know they just they have an effect, and uh, I wanted to check on the the hood. Oh, what? The, oh, you got a great selling opportunity. Uh, I came up, kissed that eight, filled the gap. Has news today. Who has news? They they listed a bunch of new cryptos, including Shiba Inu, on the platform. Oh wow, that's so bullish! And they're gonna uh, yeah, but this is a growthy name. This is a stock will grab today. I think this okay. is one that actually could move hood here today. I mean, if the market stays up, this right falls into the high growth stuff that they're buying right now. So it's pulled back significantly. I wouldn't be surprised to catch the bid. All right, it is nine oh one. That was this was a fun show, guys. We made it. It was the world was didn't nine. the world didn't end. Shout out to today. Us. Not yet. Not not yet. No, you know, there's always tomorrow. All right. All right. Go get him, guys. Triple D. I'll talk to you later on. All right. As we wrap up the show, I want to remind you all that Benzinga has two upcoming events, the first of which is next week. If you're in the or going to be in the greater Miami area, you may want to come check out the Benzinga Cannabis Capital conference uh we have our psychedelics day on tuesday the cannabis portion is going to be wednesday and thursday come hang out with uh people from benzinga mike tyson movers and shakers in the cannabis industry executives from Curaleaf, cresco tilray canopy growth will all be there link and code uh to buy ticket is in the description uh that's next week and then a month from now four weeks from now is the fintwit summit in Vegas, I'll be there. Uh, Benzinga is co-sponsoring. The link to that is also in the description, as is a code for a ticket. 
check that out, please. And thank you. How are we doing on the like front today? Let's check on likes. Oh, not nearly enough as I was hoping for. Can we get to 500 likes? That would make my day just a little bit better. Um, thanks to our guest today, Blue Putnam. As a reminder, if you want more of Blue, check out the link in the chat description or, or on the screen or scan the QR code. That'll get you there. Um, and thank you to all of you in our chat, all of our chats, people watching on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch, on Facebook. And yeah, even those of you watching on LinkedIn. Shout out our LinkedIn people. Um, smash the like, please. Subscribe to Benzinga. Check out Benzinga Pro. Pro.Benzinga.com. Free two-week trial for everybody. It is the engine that makes this company go. All right. I am done now. We have to end this stream. Go on over to Live Training with Benzinga. Money Mitch, Ryan Faluna, Zunaid will all be there. Live Training through the open. Sharing you through their, uh, walking you through their watch list. Sharing you, sharing with you stocks they're watching. And of course, talking about stocks that you want to talk about in the chat that's coming up next the stream will end and redirect over to those guys so i will see you guys a little bit later have a great rest of your day good luck at the open and um go green stay safe